Welcome to the Safe and Effective Podcast, a show that dives deep into the world of medical human factors and user experience. I'm your host, Heidi Merzad. Are you passionate about making a difference in the medical field? Curious about the science behind designing usable, safe, and effective medical devices? Look no further. Every episode, we bring you exclusive interviews with experts from industry, academia, and government as they share their insights and experiences in the rapidly evolving world of medical human factors. From case studies to regulatory updates, we've got you covered. Stay ahead of the curve and learn valuable lessons that make a real impact on patient quality of life and user experience. Whether you're an industry expert or a novice looking to expand your knowledge, Safe and Effective, the Medical Human Factors podcast is for you. Join us as we explore the world of human factors and its impact on the medical device industry. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform. Stay tuned and remember, be safe and effective. Human Factors Cast brings you the best in Human Factors news, interviews, conference coverage, and overall fun conversations into each and every episode we produce. But we can't do it without you. The Human Factors Cast Network is 100% listener-supported. All the funds that go into running the show come from our listeners. Our patrons are our priority, and we want to ensure we're giving back to you for supporting us. Pledges start at just $1 per month and include rewards like access to our monthly Q&As with the hosts, personalized professional reviews, and access to the full library of Human Factors Minute, a weekly podcast where the hosts break down unique, obscure, and interesting Human Factors topics in just one minute. Patreon rewards are always evolving, so stop by patreon.com slash humanfactorscast to see what support level may be right for you. Thank you, and remember, it depends. Welcome to Human Factors Cast, your weekly podcast for human factors, psychology, and design. Hello, everyone. This is Elise Hallett at the HFES Healthcare Symposium, and I'm sitting here with the two co-chairs of the conference. So I'm sitting here with Dr. Tara Cohen, who is an associate professor um, with Cedars-Sinai Medical Center, and uh, Dr. Joe Keebler, who is also an associate professor at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. Welcome, you two. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Um, I know both of you have been on this before, and you know we were able to chat about your roles at that time. I feel like it was 2019, like, yeah, a, a few years ago. I think it was just before COVID broke out, so... That's right. But times have changed, and now you both are co-chairs. Um, congratulations for that. Um, but I thought, you know, before diving into bits about the conference, um, for the listeners of the podcast who, you know, maybe haven't had an opportunity to check that out, um, that previous uh, episode out, if you wouldn't mind just speaking a little bit about where you're at now in terms of your role and maybe just a little synopsis of how you got there. I guess we can start with Joe. Sure. So I've been kind of helping out the conference 
over the past seven or eight years. Um, I actually got involved originally through the main HFBS healthcare TG where I uh, program chaired it, which helped develop content. And I think that uh, based on my performance there, I got kind of eyed to help out with this. And so I started off as a track chair and then eventually it evolved into uh, the chair position once Tony stepped down. Um, and so that's kind of how I got involved. I mean, I keep active in healthcare research. I've always been volunteering for HFBS since I was a graduate student. I was president of our society. So I feel like that volunteer aspect of my, you know, the service part of my work is something I've always kind of kept on since I've been a graduate student. And um, I have known Joe for a while now. Um, I was a student at Every Riddle back when, well, Joe's still there um, teaching. And so we started having a collaborative relationship pretty much as soon as I left and went to Cedars and wanted to integrate team science into the work that we were doing at Cedar sinai So we've been connected for a while. And in 2019, I was asked to be a track chair for the healthcare symposium. So I guess I did a good enough job um, that Tony and Joe invited me to help um, co-chair this year. So this is my first year co-chairing and it's been a lot of fun. That's fantastic. And as I understand it, you're not, you know, co-chairing is not your only role. Like you both are also, you know, associate professors on top of it and conducting your own research. Um, and I understand, Tara, that you actually have a talk that you're giving at the conference. Would you mind touching on that? Yeah, sure. So um, today I was actually on a panel about um, work as done, essentially doing research with surgeons in the operating room, doing surgical ergonomics research. So that was a really fun panel um, with myself, Dr. Susan Hallbeck, Dr. Kristen Krauser, Gita Lal, uh, Dr. Krauser and Dr. Lal are both surgeons. So it was nice to have them. Um, Hamid Nurasi and then Emmanuel Tete. Um, so it was a really fun panel this morning. And then tomorrow I'm actually presenting on a really fun project where we've developed a robotic assisted surgery Olympics to um, help teams do engaging motivational team training um, to promote their technical and non-technical skills in robotic surgery, um, but in a way that's a little bit more fun than your traditional didactic team training lectures. So um, that's been exciting to do. Yeah. So you say robotic Olympics. What what does that entail? Sure. So um, we, you know, we're in the heat of the pandemic when we were doing a grant funded study where it involved needing to um, implement interventions to improve teamwork and um, communication and coordination in robotic assisted surgery. And so we came up with this gamified training, which we're calling the Robotic Assisted Surgery Olympics, where teams um, of circulating nurses and scrub techs actually had to come together, form teams, and then compete in different tasks that would promote teamwork and different technical skills um, to win prizes. And in a very Olympic-style manner, there were different events, and they got to learn those events and hopefully learn throughout their um, participation and have a good time while actually learning um, skills that were relevant for robotic surgery. That's fantastic. So I have to ask, how competitive did the folks get? How to, oh, beyond, beyond competitive. I mean, we gave them team names. They were like kind of shouting at each other in the hallways, behind the scenes. They were very, very competitive. And we assigned them their team, so they did not get to pick, um, which I think was good for the science, but uh, made it a little bit more challenging not being with your friends and um, really help them learn how to communicate, but it it got it got juicy. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, I love hearing about the the team research. I come from the consulting world, so a lot of times, you know, we, uh, you know, are there supporting one device and you know want to think about the different um, 
you know, efforts at play when you bring in multiple players that are involved. But, you know, that's only fueled by, you know, the research on the other side. And, um, you know, so it's I, I love conferences like this and being able to learn about, you know, those types of things and, and the work that people are doing in that realm. Um, but I know the research side isn't the only thing that you two are working on. So jumping, you know, back into the conference and your role as co-chairs, um, you know, for those who are unfortunate enough to not be able to attend this wonderful conference, like what do you say sets this conference apart from, you know, some of the other conferences either in, you know, the general healthcare realm or the human factors realm? Sure, I can think of, speak to that. So I think um, the first is our size. We're relatively small, even though we've grown. So since Chicago, we're about 10% larger. Chicago was our last large face-to-face event because New Orleans, we're still kind of in the shadow of COVID and we just didn't have the attendance of the previous conferences. So we were like on this upswing until 2019 and then we went virtual, which, which almost doubled our numbers because of the virtual component. Then we went back to face-to-face. Obviously, this is face-to-face. And so we're kind of back to where we started 2019, like a fine call back up. So it's about 600 people, which is a small conference. And so it's really easy to meet people and interact with them over and over again. We have one giant lunch together. All the poster sessions is everyone together versus other conferences. It's full of so many people. It's hard to kind of maybe find someone again. It's just, there's so many sessions. Right now we have five parallel sessions. So you can easily go to multiple talks and sessions and not be lost in a sea of people. Um, so that would be the first one. The second uh, aspect that makes us different is that we're pretty much 50-50 human factors practitioners and medical providers, admin, et cetera. So half the audience is folks trying to learn more about HF and how to apply it within their hospital or medical system. And the other half is the practitioners of HF doing the work and, and bringing that expertise. So that marriage of the two fields together, that's really unique. It oftentimes it's like kind of dominated HFBS, and I'm not in any way saying anything negative about it, but it's mostly HF people. There's very few medical doctors and nurses in the audience. If you go to a medical conference, there's very, very few HF people. So we are kind of really cross-fertilizing here between two fields. So, and a lot of the work is hyper-applied. So my third point is almost everything is like where the rubber hits the road. It's very little like abstract work and much more like this is working in my hospital or this is how we're changing the system to be better and safer. And so everyone's presentations for the most part are like proof in the pudding. It's, it's being done in an actual real world setting versus, uh, uh, you know, as experimental psychologists, I'm not trying to say anything negative, but first being done in a laboratory. So. I'd like to comment on that as well. I think one of the things that's so beautiful about this conference, as Joe was saying, is you have so many different professions coming to this conference. Like I've already talked about three different collaborative projects with different folks from different industries and different backgrounds and different institutions. And I think it provides so much opportunity for networking and connecting and building those relationships where other conferences that exist, but I don't think you have the level of access to different folks with different skill sets and and backgrounds that you do here. So it's a lot of fun to learn from other people, but also have the opportunity to work with them and connect with them. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely attest to both of those points as the attendee of the conference. Um, Any plugs you want to make for the conference next year? Well, we're going to be in Chicago, and Chicago is one of our most common destinations. I think we've been there more than any other city. Yeah, this will be our third or fourth time there. Uh, I'm just excited to go back to Chicago. It's been almost, it'll be been five years since we had it there. And I think that that's a good place because it's in the middle of the country. And so it's really easy for almost everyone to get to from both coasts. So I think it'll be exciting. Um, we're not expanding anymore. I think we have 
five tracks or keep it that way regards to the the five kind of content tracks we have hopefully we'll grow in numbers a little bit but again we don't want to get too big you know i think tony and i have talked about this quite a bit over the last six years and you know under a thousand is a good number and so yeah the conference probably grow much larger than that but do we like oh lose yeah. my number one was we're small and intimate you can meet people and meet lots of people and that gets lost when it's larger so i would hope to see the conference kind of stay at this stable size and just keep going but if it's stays good it's going to grow because people are going to want to come so i don't know maybe we'll have a growth anyway heard them say um last plug i'll make is um to consider publishing in the human factors um and healthcare journal um it's new it's exciting there's a lot of you know the nice thing about that journal is that it's um research and applied sciences so um it doesn't have to be strictly academic um you know rigorous studies not that they're all not rigorous but you can do some, you can publish some of the work that you're presenting on here and that we're seeing here that will get in the hands of the folks in healthcare that can use that information to actually make sustainable change in their own organizations. And I think that's a really unique component of the journal that you don't typically see. Um, you don't necessarily need p-values to publish here. And I think that's the beauty of some of the work that that we're doing. I'll have a second that that if you did work at this conference, please feel free to submit it to the healthcare journal. It's up for consideration or to the main human factors journal. And then also in early fall, probably September, we'll probably open calls for next year for submissions. So people should be keeping their eye out and be ready to submit your work for fall for the Chicago conference in New York. So well thank you both so much for, you know, being part of this. Speak um you might remember from the last time we did the interview, but the way we always end the podcasts with the classic, it depends, as you know, <laughs> the human factors of the classic. Um, so, you know, on the count of three, we'll just end with it depends. One, two, three. It depends. I am joined today by Farzan Sassandwire and Tony Andre. Welcome, you two. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to have you both. Um, before we jump into, you know, talking about, you know, aspects about this conference, aspects about human factors in, in healthcare, uh, would you mind introducing yourselves a little bit, your role, what your, you know, job is outside of HFES? Because you two, I know, are, are both very busy, like actually as professional, you know, human factors, you know, I don't want to say just professionals, researchers included. So I'll start with Tony. Our main goal is probably parents. That's a big goal. Big goal. Uh, I am director of Interface Analysis Associates, which is a human factors consulting firm specializing in healthcare, not surprisingly. And this is our 30th year of business. And when I'm not running my company, I am an adjunct professor of human factors and ergonomics at San Jose State University. Fantastic. Two hats. I'm I'm also wearing two hats. Uh, One is the Associate Professor in Industrial Systems Engineering at Texas A&M University. And my second hat is in a hospital called Houston Methodist. uh, And I'm the uh, Division Chief for Health Systems Engineering there. I doubt about it. Learning something new every day. But yeah, definitely a lot of hats. It sounds like both of you are, are juggling. But on top of that, it's not just that, you're also, as I understand, involved with this uh, journal that's going to be coming out shortly. Would you mind explaining a little bit more about what that is, the intent, and even the origin of it? Well, it's already out. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. 
uh, human factors in healthcare. It is, we are the co-editors in chief. And the reason we're co is because we decided to have two sides or personalities to one journal focused on human factors and healthcare. Uh, one, and I'll let Farzan talk about it, that Farzan manages is the research side, like a traditional journal, unqualified, is mainly research, right? Uh, but uh, we wanted to do something different because I live in the practice world. Uh, I'm a practitioner. I work for medical device at pharma companies, and I do a lot of research, but it's not like hypothesis testing. We do device development, new design, new ethnography. I wanted to have a home for all that great work that, you know, you've experienced, um, you know, represented at this conference this week. And so that's called the applied side. So I manage the applied side and Farzan manages the research side. Uh, and then the other unique lease for the human factors community element of the journal, it's open access. That means is when we publish an article, it goes online, the entire world could read it and download it. There's no subscription and, you know, no model where you only get it if you belong to some society and, and get their journal. It's just available for the world to learn from and experience. That's huge from yeah. an access perspective. Anything that you'd like to tack up? Yeah, the, the research side of it, uh, even though it's a traditional research journal, uh, just like human factors, uh, there's some twists to it. First of all, we want it to be very uh, external facing. So it's not just a human factors committee. We really want to introduce human factors to external world and receive submissions uh, in the medical domain, in healthcare, from people who do the human factors without knowing it. So by having an open journal, I think it serves that purpose of reaching out to the beyond just the HAPS community. Um, plus, uh, there's still a focus on practitioners. So uh, papers that are submitted have a practitioner, a takeaway section, practical implications. So emphasis is still on impact and, and takeaways for practitioners. I, I think that's fantastic because really that captures the essence of this conference that I think is so great and bringing the different human factors professionals together, both from the like applied industry side and the, you know, research embedded hospital side, because I really think it's from those two perspectives that we can really start solving those, those hard questions that, you know, we're all kind of facing. And it was part of this event because like you just said, if you're in the main hallway here of the event, you're standing next to a professor, uh, an industry member, like someone from a medical device company, and a human factors practitioner is right behind you. You know what I'm saying? Like, for, for all at this event uh, together, and we're not even, we're not fractionated. It's not like the professors are one foreigner. You know, it's just all intermixed. So, uh, born from this conference was that idea of let's have a new journal because there's lots of content that needs to be shared. And then let's represent both the practitioner and the researcher. That's fantastic. So if you know folks are interested in um, finding this journal or submitting to this journal, what information can we give to them? 
It's an Elsevier journal. It has a website. It's not very difficult to find. Human factors in health theory. If you pay attention to the bulletins published by HAPS, it's advertised from time to time. Uh, Tony and I are always available to have ideas and just want to run by as a term to scope. And you'd be surprised how inclusive the journal is. I mean, sometimes but they yeah, I have this idea, but it's not really EMF factors. And once they talk to us and they push them a little bit and, you know, they push themselves to kind of make it relevant to these ideas, and they become to the fit. So uh, many different ways of getting involved, talking to us, just looking at, uh, at the website, uh, looking at the recent publications to get a feel and a sense of the skull of what we published. And it's a great opportunity. Right now, we're running, a, the journal is running a promotion. It's a, the huge discount they added is, makes it very affordable. So to compare this to other open journals, uh, this is a very good time to publish uh, in human back to health care. Fantastic. Yeah, and if, it, if you go to the HFES site, right, hfes.org and publications, you can get to it. And then you can just Google Human Factors and Healthcare Journal will really get to it. And then that'll probably bring you to the, the actual journal site with Elsevier, with the publisher. Excellent. Well, I certainly am very excited to poke into this a little bit more, um, you know, especially this open access part, I think is huge, you know, from the, the, the you know, uh, practitioner side. Um, but yeah, so thanks for, for giving a voice to folks who are struggling, you know, with these problems out in the real world and not knowing, you know, where to, to put their lessons learned and their solutions. So I think this is going to be very exciting. I'll, I'll give you one example of the difference. So we're a society that has about 4,500 members. And so while it's very prestigious to publish in Human Factors, it's mainly read by our members and then by a fraction of those, right? Now, if you publish in Human Factors, let's just for fun say maybe 2,000 people rent the article. But we're a new journal, and we in our editorial board meeting yesterday, we have some articles that already have uh, 9,500 downloads because it's open to the whole world. So our authors could end up, you know, having something viewed or read by hundreds of thousands of people because there's nothing they have to, the readers have to subscribe to. Uh, so it's a different mindset, but... Uh, it's like ultimately what every author wants is everyone to read what they've done. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really exciting. Yeah, I think research or pinkers in general can have an impact unless they're read. And so the spirit of journal makes it possible. Uh, we're on our second year. Uh, thought it would finish the second year. I think we hit 50,000 downloads in our second year for this paper. So... I think it's going to help our scientific community. It's going to help everybody in this community to become more visible, more relatable. Yeah. And so that's one of the missions of the journal. Well, that's fantastic. Well, and congratulations to you both for, you know, it already receiving so many views and, you know, hope that, you know, we can continue to get the word out. So that just increases and we can get that information out to the world. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Um, but I know you both, you know, in addition to all the hats you're already wearing, are also involved in some upcoming events and, um, you know, other areas of human factors. So 
Um, Farzan, I understand that you're involved in the upcoming HFES conference. Anything you want to plug or mention for that? Sure. I am so excited for the annual meeting. This is going to be one of our biggest events. I mean, Washington, D.C., um, we're going to have, this time we're going to have an emphasis on impact again and practitioners. So we did a few things. We uh, fairly identified practitioner practitioner papers or submissions, and we're going to use that throughout the program so it, it doesn't look like a truly academic program. It's going to be their practitioner fairly made changes to presentation format, so all presentations now end with you know practitioner takeaway uh, and practical implications. Uh, this going to be an, a new emphasis on UX and usability. Uh, we traditionally have this usability day or UX day on Wednesday of the conference. Um, we're reformatting it. It's going to be a whole new experience this year with new interactive events, new panels, uh, a lot of stuff going on. They have an ad hoc committee working on that right now. Plus, we're in Washington, D.C., such an exciting place, and that gives us an opportunity to hear from some of these federal agencies or allies to human factors. Uh, which you usually don't hear from. So we're working on that, talking to NSF, NIH, HRQ, VA, FDA, you name it. All those uh, we can support our science and fund our science are going to be there. And they can have information sessions, panels. It's a really exciting year for networking opportunities. Uh, yeah, and I just had a um, uh, information session on this in the Human Factors cast uh, just last month. Uh, so if you want more details, I shared a lot more there. Excellent. Um, well, you know, it doesn't hurt to have redundancy out there. So for those who are hearing about all the exciting stuff happening at this conference, um, you know, and are bummed that you miss it, don't miss that HFES general conference. It, it's going to be pretty exciting. And it sounds like with a lot of this refresh format, it's, you know, going to have a lot more practical, you know, takeaways for us. A good year. And uh, I just want to share that we've hit a very large number of submissions this year. Oh, wow. A lot more than last year. So you're going to have much more, you know, variety and, you know, a much deeper program this year. That's fantastic. Oh, uh, definitely looking forward to that. No, I'd say that's in October. And that, you know, for anyone who wants to just get immersed in the field, because the entire field is represented, that's the go-to event. Okay. Any time I set my students there, it's been life-changing. Mm. And they never they never anticipated that just going to a, con uh, a conference, you know, would be more than going to a conference. Uh, and it always ends up being life-altering. Oh, I can definitely attest to that because I was in those student shoes and started with a general HFES conference, and so I, I second what Tony just said. You don't be your life. Yeah. You're like, this is my home. Well, this is my career. I can't believe, you know, how much fun I had, the people I met, you know, the authors of my textbooks, how friendly they were, you know, the students I met. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing experience. Well, and the opportunity to see human factors in so many different areas, like they're all represented there. So it's a good way to kind of test it out if you're not quite sure of which, you know, specialty you want to go into. That is that right? 
That's fantastic. And for students, if they're listening, there are new opportunities. We usually have the Student Career and Professional Development Day, one full day dedicated to students. We have that. Plus, this year we're starting a PhD political. So it's a selective program to train the next generation of professors in human factors and ergonomics. Uh, it's going to start this year. And that's a great opportunity for students who are interested in academia. Uh, plus, the Student Career Days is such a nice event. We usually have 100 to 200 students attending. And that's all free. That's all intuitive and the registration. And we keep that registration very low. If you compare HSBS to other engineering conferences, similar size of societies, you know, we haven't really increased the registration, kept it affordable. I think it's really the best math to the buck out there for one big program. Oh, it's about half the price of other app. Yeah, it's about be absolute. That's fantastic. Um, so students, if you're listening, definitely check it out. Cannot recommend it enough. Tony, before we wrap up, anything that you'd like to um, discuss in your the human factors world? Well, uh, just that the healthcare human factors symposium we're all at right now, enjoying Orlando, Florida, is going to take place next year in Chicago. And this year was amazing. Our highest attendance ever, you know, bouncing back from COVID. But Chicago has always been our peak. Uh, it was our previous two records. So we're expecting a huge turnout. Uh, if this week was anything, you know, reflective of where we're going, it's going to be amazing in Chicago. So, I mean, I would just tell you both, if you're in it or want to be in healthcare human factors, you have to go to this event. I mean, this should be your, your home. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a great event. I got to work on the opening keynote speaker. We had a great one this year. We did. So I'm taking suggestions for that. And if people want to learn about how to get involved in the event or how they might end up presenting or just about attending, uh, they could just contact me. That's fantastic. Well, I know I'm already counting the days until that conference. This has been a great year, and I think a lot of people are really excited to be back in person seeing you know the people that they always see at this conference every year so and it's in for i mean our field's called human factory yeah so that even can't be kept from each other that's right that's that's that i I might also add that uh well actually but we're in hilton for not that i stock in hilton but uh the annual meeting hotel is an historic hotel it's actually the hotel ronald reagan uh was leaving when he got shot oh wow Uh, so it's an amazing venue. Uh, we're at Hilton uh, uh, in Chicago, which is also kind of famous because the movie The Fugitive was filmed there. Right. And it is the ballroom of our keynote uh, plenary session is like a big scene of the movie took place in there. And that's very recognizable to people. But great venues, two great cities. Uh, if you're in the field, you have to count. Well, it's a great opportunity to to go visit some pretty cool places. Yeah. <laughs> well, Razan and Tony, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, it's, you know, been great, like, learning about, you know, more opportunities that are out there to really support human factors, you know, professionals, you know, in the field, regardless of what exactly they're doing. So it's a pretty exciting time. 
Um, as you may know, we always end the podcast with a classic. It depends because a human factors, it always depends. So um, with the countdown, we'll just all say it depends together. You ready? Excellent. It depends. Are you tired of boring lectures and textbooks on human factors and UX? Well, grab your headphones and get ready for a wild ride with the Human Factors Minute podcast. Each minute is like a mini crash course packed with valuable insights and information on various organizations, conferences, usability methods, theories, models, certifications, tools, and much more. We'll take you on a journey through the fascinating world of human factors, from the ancient history to the latest trends and developments. Listen in as we explore the field and discover new ways to enhance the user experience. From the think aloud protocol to the critical incident technique, focus groups, iterative design, we'll make sure that you're the smartest person in the room. Tune in on the 10th, the 20th, and the last day of every month for a new and interesting tidbit related to human factors. Don't miss out on the Human Factors Minute podcast, your ultimate source for all things human factors.